One of the things composer Johnny Mandel is famous for is not an easy thing. He wrote music for quite a graphic execution scene in the film I Want to Live with Susan Hayward in 1958. He scored it with a low-register piccolo, of all things. I never wanted to get into a large, loud orchestra for this sort of thing. I thought that would be real old Hollywood, and I was not about to go that route. In old Hollywood, and sometimes even today, film music often has an element of paradox about it. Music written for the movies has tended to be music meant to be seen and not heard, even with the 80-piece orchestra sawing away. You're not really supposed to be listening to it. Prin Gabbard is author of Jammin' at the Margins. It's simply supposed to soothe you or ease you into the moment. Some film scores are more invisible than others, of course, but invisibility stopped being such an issue at a time when just about everything in the arts eased up a little in the late 40s, when jazz entered the vocabulary in a big way. And in 1951 came the film that everyone agrees opened the way for jazz scoring of mainstream American films, Streetcar Named Desire, with a score by Alex North. Streetcar, you may remember, is adapted from the Tennessee Williams drama that takes place in New Orleans. They told me to take a streetcar named Desire, and then transfer to one called Cemetery. Alex North was not a jazz composer per se. Jazz musician and historian Bill Kirshner. But he was using parts of the language of jazz in order to communicate the feeling of New Orleans. And it underscored a new atmosphere generally. Brando's acting style, more naturalistic and improvisatory than what had come before, and filmmaking with a more modern texture. And so it went for a while in American movies. In The Wild One, a couple of years after Streetcar, Brando wrote again. You keep kneeling me. If I want to, I'm going to take this joint apart, and you're not going to know what hits you. This time with composer Leith Stevens, using trumpeter Shorty Rogers as player and arranger. And that went further in using jazz just because of its value as a modern vernacular language. Same goes for Man with the Golden Arm. Up steps traditionalist Elmer Bernstein in 1955. He uses a jazz-inflected theme and repeats it over and over and over again in the film, which is about a drummer struggling with drug addiction, starring Frank Sinatra. The guy teaches me drumming down there, says that I'm a natural. Can't miss, he says. Arms made of pure gold. So when did an actual jazz musician write an actual jazz score for an American film? The year was 1958. The film was I Want to Live, and that brings us back to Johnny Mandel. Born and raised in New York and trained in the jazz world, trumpet and trombone player, arranger, composer, he got the job unexpectedly, his first movie job. Andre Previn, I didn't know that, but he had recommended me. I Want to Live starred Susan Hayward in an Oscar-winning performance as Barbara Graham, a glamorous wrong side of the tracks party girl who was executed in the mid-50s for a murder that he felt she didn't commit. I'm completely innocent. I was home with my family that night. The rebellious energy of the character was played up by the music. Mandel used the jazz style of the time, 
one very long queue with Graham tailed by police who bust her in her hideout, uses lots of percussion, especially bongo. There was more than bongos. I used a couple of instruments that were tuned drums called boobams. You know, conga drums, uh, I used some Indian drums, uh, tambours, and those things, and then laid all kinds of things against it. I had Shelly Mann ad-lib over them, too, watching the screen. You wanted to get that feeling of immediacy and it not being static like it was a traditional score. That was what made it work. And then there was that execution scene with the much-celebrated low-register solo on piccolo. It was more sound effects than anything else, and it sounds like a ghost, kind of. Barbara, I'm very sorry. Goodbye, and God bless you. The impact of the picture was tremendous because nobody had ever seen a woman put to death before on film, and it was quite traumatic. A year later, Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn, no less, were writing the score for Otto Preminger's Anatomy of a Murder, another full jazz score by jazz stars. That clinched it. The soundtrack album was a hit. There was even some jukebox hits that came out of that. The main theme from Anatomy of a Murder was recorded by Peggy Lee. They put some words to it, and it was a hit. They were doing jazz scores to everything after that. The producers got hold of the budget, and they said, oh, my God, this is the cheap way to go, and they were doing them for all kinds of crappy TV shows and everything else. The sound caught on and it became the relentless sound of the early 60s on screen, both big and small. I think Mandel really had the breakthrough with I Want to Live in 1958, and that set the stage for people like Neil Hefty, Quincy Jones, Dave Brewson, and others. Jazz had its day in movie scores, and turns up still in many cinematic places. It is foreground music you can hear, plain as day. Nothing paradoxical about it. It is based on the idea that you can listen and watch, absorb and empathize all at the same time. What a concept. For WNYC, I'm Sarah Fishburne. going on right now. Mounting economic inequality, threats to democracy, environmental disaster, the sour stench of chaos in the air. I'm Brooke Gladstone, host of WNYC's On the Media. Want to understand the reasons and the meanings of the narratives that led us here, and maybe how to head them off at the pass? That's On the Media's specialty. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 